Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back Miles Hyde Pod, episode 3 It's good to be back Thank you guys for joining in, thank you guys for tuning in Wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching Welcome I'm glad you're here Yeah, the music was nice, right? Alright Well, let's get episode 3 started Like I said, I want to thank you guys for joining in today uh, i appreciate you being here being here with me uh the miles high podcast my name is miles monroe jr for those that don't know and here at the miles high podcast you know i'm i'm focused on uh, entertaining you educating you and elevating you uh to staying miles high above your fears your doubts and any limitations you may think exist that's what it's all about here and that's what I want to do each and every episode. So for this episode, uh, I want to touch on something that, and I'm going to jump right into it. I trust you guys have had a good week, a good day, a good month, a good year so far. Uh, you know, it's, it's the year's going by pretty quickly. Hopefully we don't have as much setbacks as we had uh, in 2020. This is the new year. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the new things that we're going to accomplish this this year. So for this this podcast, I, I wanted to talk about um, an issue that I've dealt with, an issue that I'm still I still deal with from time to time. And because I know I deal with it, I know it, it exists in others. And I wanted to share my experiences and the things that I used or that I think about uh, when dealing with uh, this issue uh, in order to assist you in hopefully getting over the same issue and you know that that issue is uh, is trust issues. So this this episode is about trust issues, right? So you know, coming up, uh, whether it was a friendship, a, a personal relationship, um, getting older, you know, getting into some some business partnerships and whatnot, I developed some trust issues. I had I had problems being optimistic about my relationships and. A lot of it started when I was young, right? And, you know, my dad had garnered some notoriety uh, within the country of the Bahamas, where, where we're from. And he traveled a lot, uh, did a lot of uh, speaking and stuff around the world. So he gained a lot of notoriety around the world as well. And with that no- notoriety came, you know, some good attention and some unwanted attention. You know, you had folks that came into our lives and when I say our lives I'm talking about our family you know my dad my mom myself and my sister our immediate family came into our lives and you know they had may have had some ulterior motives you know not everyone I'm not going to say this is about everyone right but those individuals who you know came into our lives or even those individuals who were a part of our lives where whether it was you know longtime friends or longtime family members or whatever and when they felt that we as a family, achieved something, I guess, that they could benefit from or wanted to attach themselves to, motives changed, right? And it was something that I started to recognize, and I, I just started seeing people leave our family or see, see, I used to see people take advantage of of my dad. And, you know, I always recognized this early on. I, I think my mother and I had this um, this sense of intuition where, we were a good judge of character, right? And, you know, people who came into the lives of, of our family or, you know, tried to 
associate themselves with my dad, uh, we we did a pretty good job of reading them, right? And I was able to say, ah, this this person's not. I don't think this person is a good person to connect ourselves to, uh, or I think we need to watch this person. They're cool right now, but something's off, you know. So that that type of feeling. I'm, I'm, my mother and I would be be on the same wavelength when it came to that. And um, over time, you know, those intuitions started to prove to be correct. So you had people who, you know, came into our family and started to take advantage of my dad, whether it was whether it was using him for his time for their benefit and not really compensating him or, or not taking care of him, you know, the way that they should have. Or, you know, people just blatantly stealing from him, whether it was resources, whether it was money, uh, uh, you know his his books his his you know it was just it, it was crazy right c- c- coming up and it started to you know I, I I could remember I think it was about maybe thirteen or fourteen or even fifteen somewhere along those uh, the, the, that age range where like I automatically started to not trust individuals that came into. Uh, new individuals that came into my circle, either my personal circle or my family circle, and that you know that that tr- that that sort of developed over time. And you know, as I became an adult, I just didn't trust anybody, and and I knew it was an issue because it affected um, personal relationships, it affected business relationships, and I would just be so pessimistic about a lot of things. So it was so it was almost like this expectation of you know I know you're going to do something to uh, harm this relationship or try to harm me or try to take advantage of me or my family or whatever. So it was this expectation where I was just, okay, I'm going to wait until it happens because I know it's going to happen, right? And I, I always, like me, my dad and I had, quest, had uh, conversations about this all the time because he would, he was the type of person that was super optimistic, right? And even if you showed him something negative about yourself, whether it was you had ill motives or you didn't, you, you wasn't honest a lot of the times. Um, he was the type of person where he looked at you and saw the good in you and wanted to pull the good out. And he ignored, you know, any negative signs or any negative things that you may say or do and focused on the positive things that he was trying to draw out. And man, my, my, he, he was a, a special individual, man, because to block out, you know, situations that were blatant, right, and things that you shouldn't allow to be ignored, you know, he really didn't pay too much attention to it. I think part of it was because of who he was and what he represented, you know, as far as, like, you know, being a motivational individual, a speaker, a pastor, a spiritual advisor, a mentor, you know, I think it was, he saw it as his duty to uh, just be positive and optimistic in any situation because I, I think with that he wanted to lead by example, um, but at the same time, I think my mother and I were needed in the situation because we brought things to his attention that he not not that he didn't know them, but we brought another way of kind of dealing with it instead of just ignoring it. You know, there, there was certain ways that we could have dealt with with things, and especially on a, a business level, right, a professional level, um, and that's kind of what I was. I used to focus on right, so I. Wouldn't be too optimistic about new relationships or, or new friendships or new partnerships or whatever they were, um, and it was almost like this expectation of man, I I know it's going to happen. I'm just going to wait for it to happen, and so I'm not going to really get too emotionally attached or or you know whatever the case 
so that I could, could kind of protect myself. So it was, it, it was kind of a, a defense mechanism, right? So that kind of trickled into my personal relationships and stuff. And, you know, with the females that I dated and stuff, like it was difficult for them to maybe get uh, to know me a little deeper or to get to a point where, you know, we could really build uh, as far as a relationship is concerned because I just wouldn't open up. Because for me, it was like, look, I know that we good now or you're good now or you're saying everything that you should say now. Um, but there's going to come a time where you do something that, you know, is going to be unnecessary, whether it's lying, whether it's cheating, whether it's, you know, whatever the case. And that kind of followed me. And I, I, I was this negative, pessimistic, non-trusting person for um, a, a very long time. I think, you know, for the better of about 15 years, I had issues with, with trust. And uh, for me, um, I didn't really recognize how negative it was until I, until I was about, you know, maybe 25, 26 years old, or maybe 27 years old. And I started to realize, like, man, I can't go through life like this. And I know there are a lot of you out there that may feel the same way, right? And it, it affects your thinking. It affects your decision-making. And I don't think it's something that is healthy. Um, and I remember my dad and I used to have these conversations. And I, I used to be like, man, how, how do you trust individuals, right? And how do you... Uh, how do you uh, deal with like negative things that happen? Like, how are you so forgiving? Because my, my my father, I was about to say my old man. That's it. We call him my old man. That's that's what he is. It's not you know not any signs of disrespect. So sometimes when I say my old man, people be like, oh, you need to address him more respectfully. And I look at people like, yo, that's my father. Okay, that's my dad. Um, call him what I want, <laughs> right? But anyway, I'm I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah. But uh, my, 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 my father, you know, he, he would just say, like, uh, things like, man, I'm not focused on people. I'm p- focused on God speaking to me. I'm, sp- I'm focused on the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking into my spirit. And, like, he would say things like that. Or he would say, like, yeah, I, I know that, you know, they show signs of uh, immaturity, signs of uh, being untrustworthy, Um but I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on the positive things. Like I see a, a, a great leader. I see a great individual in this person. So that's what I want to focus on. And I'm going to allow them to, you know, do whatever it is that they're doing in hopes that my response to them affects change in them. And, you know, he would use like, you know, Judas Iscariot as, as an example, which was you know, Jesus's disciple who betrayed him. Right. And, you know, if Jesus is going to get betrayed, you know, who are we, right? And and I I, I never never forgot his responses to it, and, and I just saw it all the time. Like, people would, like, just take advantage of my dad or try to take advantage of him, especially, like, before I started to work along with him, before I moved home to be um, in the business full-time. You know, there were a lot of opportunities that we either missed or we shouldn't have got into that we got into all because my old man was what I felt was too trusting. And, you know, he never felt a way about it. He never looked at it as a, a negative. Um, for him, it was all about, you know, allowing God to pretty much order his steps. Right. And he's putting his focus and trust in a higher power and not, not human beings, not, not man. Right. So 
I remember one time in particular, there was this gentleman who used to work for our organization. I'm not going to give too much details. I, I think I've said this story uh, a few times, but I, I think it's a good point here to share it just to bring some, um, just to bring some, uh, to meet to, to the subject that we're talking about today, talking about trust issues. And, you know, this gentleman worked for our organization and he would arrange for my dad to, you know, speak certain places or whatever. So you can just call him a manager or, or uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. So someone that books uh, used to arrange for my dad to, you know, speak at different events or for different individuals. And, you know, he would control all the booking. He would uh, negotiate all the deals. He would get all the, the contracts. All my dad had to do was sign the contracts and go on. Now, again, this guy has been a part of, he was a part of the organization for years before I even came along, you know, him and my, him and my dad go way back. Right. So, there was a relationship already there, a friendship that was already there, that you would think was already there. And, you know, we, my, so my dad did the, uh, did the events, I think it was maybe a year worth of events that he did. And my, my dad never really focused on compensation, right? He just kind of believed in, you know, what was going to happen um, at the event, focusing on what he wanted to say, how he wanted to, uh, speak or teach or inspire or empower or you know those type of things he trusted other individuals to focus on the business so when it came to compensation you know his thing was you know you guys deal with with that and just you know kind of either send cut a check or you know wire the funds or you know whatever the case and for that particular year um no funds ever came in. And he never really paid attention to it because, you know, I guess eventually he figured it, it would come in. And I think at some point he kind of just forgot about it because he was like super busy. So there was a point where I came into the business and we started to kind of change up the way that we uh, operated from a, from a organizational standpoint, the way that we uh, booked events or, you know, uh, the way payments were made and, and, you know, just like normal business operations. I came in and I saw some holes that we needed to fill and I started to fill those holes. And in filling those holes, I noticed that there were some discrepancies with the books, right? So, okay, we didn't really think anything of it. We kind of knew that it, there were things that may have gone uh, unnoticed or unaccounted for, which I'm sure it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, that big of a deal. So we did a, a little audit of everything just to figure out, like, what it was and what exactly was missing because none of us could have, could have figured it out. So the auditor that we had come on, you know, he realized, he came to us, long story short, he came to us and he was like, you know, we have about $200,000 that, that that's missing, right? There was a contract that was signed. This amount of funds should have been paid, wasn't paid. And... You know, all signs pointed to this guy, not not saying at the time that he took it, but he would have a better explanation as to what would happen. Right. So we spoke to him and he was like, uh, the money was never received. We never cut a check. I'll contact the folks so that they could get it sorted. So maybe a few. So we trusted him to do that because, again, he was a part of our organization. Um, some time went by. I followed up on it. And it was it, so it was just like all, always brushing it off. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. Sorry, I forgot. And this and that, this and that. So it got to a point where I was like, all right, let me just contact the organ the organization myself. So contacted them, followed up. Hey, I'm not sure if you know such and such reached out to you guys, but 
we were going through our books and noticed that you guys, oh, we don't think you guys, you know, kind of paid us yet or whatever. You know, we were just calling, following up on when the payment can be made. Now, mind you, this is maybe a year or two after the event, right? So the person, the individual that we were talking to was like, oh, we paid you guys, you know, right after the event. This was years ago. And we were like, okay, but we're not seeing where the funds were received. And they were like, well, we can send you uh, the invoice. We can send you the receipts and, you know, where the individual signed that the, that the funds were received. Uh, so they sent that information. Turns out that the funds were paid. It was received. And this guy signed for the funds, right? So at that point, it's like, all right, man, like, what is going on? Because there's no explanation as to why. Like, we, we didn't think that he, he would for, forget or would have forgotten that those funds were received or even that he signed confirmation that those funds were received. So we had another conversation, asked him again, just wanted to see, like, what his story would, would be. story was the same. Funds weren't received. I'll reach out to the organization, um, so then, you know, we kind of brought what evidence we had and was like, yo, we spoke to the folks ourselves. Here's what they gave us. You know, this is your signature. You know, do you care to explain? And he was like, he was dumbfounded at first, right? Cause I guess, you know, before I came on, no one really, you know, followed up with stuff like, you know, would kind of be micromanaging what he did or the, the office that he oversaw or whatever, which is a mistake, I guess, on our part. But, you know, I think uh, all of this happened for a reason. I know I learned a lot from it, so I think this is a, a good uh, learning experience for me. But nonetheless, you know, things were found out, and we had a conversation, and he denied it. And turns out that um, he didn't only withhold payment from us. He withheld payment from some uh, some other persons that contributed to the event from, you know, whether it's like catering or, uh, you know, uh, per, uh, like uh, promotional items. That's what I want to say. Uh, so it, there, it was an issue even in, in that aspect. And it became a legal issue, right, because those individuals, it was a big contract for them because it was a pretty big event. And um, they did not receive funds. It hurt their business. Uh, well, a few organizations, and some of those organizations went belly up because of this situation. So it became an entire legal matter. And I just remember, like, my dad, with even in that situation, going through all of this, having all of those conversations, you know, we met with the guy quite a few times. In each, in each meeting, he denied, you know, his involvement or his knowledge of, you know, anything, right? He didn't, couldn't tell where the funds went, why, why they weren't uh, dispersed to where they should have been dispersed to. Um, and my dad was just like, yo, look, I understand, like, whatever happened, happened. I just want you to admit it. Um, and so we can move forward, right? Because we're already a few years past. We'll figure out how to deal with the situation. But I just want you to, like, just be honest with us. And he still denied it, still denied it. And, you know, we to the point where we had to have a larger meeting with some of the other vendors that were a part of the entire uh, organization, I mean, the entire event that our organization should have uh, paid that we didn't pay. So it, you know, started to look bad on not just this gentleman, but on us because the entire time they were, they were saying like, Oh, you know, Dr. Miles Monroe and his organization are, are thieves. And like, there was just things that we weren't even aware of that was happening uh, because of this, uh, this, this discrepancy. 
so we we met with him, did all of this right, and and you know kind of got to the bottom of it. Like, all right, you know, you were being dishonest. This this is exact, exactly what happened. Uh, so for me, I was expecting you know it to be a legal issue. Like we're gonna call whoever the authorities that we needed to call um, because it was a the government was involved as well. So this was a, a part of a government event, a government contract was involved. So we, you know, I figured we were gonna, gonna contact all the legal authorities we needed contact and everything was going to go from a legal perspective. But my dad didn't do any of that. You know, he went as far as to still wanting to allow this individual to be a part of the organization and have the same role that he had. So it was almost like, you know, he immediately forgave him, understood the situation or tried to be understanding about the situation, tried to empathize as to why uh, this gentleman would have done this and just trusted him even I guess even more or ignored what had happened and you know just kind of really focused or wanted to focus on mending whatever relationships or trying to deal with the issue as to okay why would you do this and that just that made me upset like I remember being so furious at, at the time and you know he my dad and I had a side conversation I was like man what are you doing like how can you still want him to be a part of this organization um and you know still want him to like handle funds or handle negotiations and stuff like that. And and he just was like, man, because, you know, I believe in this gentleman. I've known him for some time. And, you know, he went on to say, like, things like, you know, you don't understand the relationship. You don't, you don't understand, like, who he is or why he may have done what you've done. So when, when it comes to situations like that, because I've learned to um, just allow my, my dad to, you know, kind of be the leader that he wanted to be or to trust him and that he knows what he what he's doing i didn't really push too hard about it but that that incident always stuck out in my head because that was the first time like i dealt with something that from a business perspective that had so much effect not on not just us but on other organizations so you know to to bring that story to a close uh we eventually we decided to part ways with the gentleman um so we restructured the organization, made some changes, made good with all the other vendors uh, that were involved, and the situation kind of was put to a close. Years later, you know, there were some other situations that came up, not as drastic as that, but still situations where there were individuals that my dad would have known or that we would have known, and there were issues still where trust was uh, jeopardize right and for me it, it just started to pick at me and I just was like man we can't even trust people that we've known for years people that I felt should have loved the family should have loved my dad you know should have loved uh, the things that we were doing as an organization and want to support us instead of kind of harming us as 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 a as an organization or as 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 a whole, as a family, or, you know, whatever we, whatever they saw themselves being a part of us as. And I, you know, again, had a lot of conversations with my dad, like, how are you so trusting of people, man? Like, why, why do you not, like, recognize things that happen and then kind of nip them in the butt at the time? And his response is always, because I'm not focusing on the individual, on the outside, I'm focused on the individual on the inside, the, 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 the light that I see within them. I wanted to highlight that and bring that out, you know, kind of, you know, shuffle past or kind of maneuver past the, 
the the flesh or their physical uh, appearance. And when I say physical appearance, I'm talking about like the physical things that they would have done, like lying, you know, stealing, being uh, untrustworthy or whatever, whatever the case. He looked past that and kind of wanted to pull out that that good spirit that he knew was was there. He knew that it, that it existed, and you know, I just always was in awe of that, right? And for me, I would, you know, in my own, you know, personal time, I would ha- be having conversations with God, and I'd be like, man, I would love for you to do that for me one of these days. Like, I w- want to have the wherewithal to look past someone that is blatantly uh, doing me wrong, whether emotionally, physically, or professionally, or spiritually, whatever those cases, and you know, look for the good inside of them because that's that's a good character trait to have. I, I feel, and I really didn't understand it, or I didn't get it until my dad passed away. You know, I remember when he passed, and I had a conversation with uh, Derek Luke, um, the actor. Um, you know, the guy that played that played uh, Antoine Fisher. Uh, uh, he, you know, he spoke. He reached out to the family when everything happened, and just kind of was giving his testimony on how my dad's book, In Pursuit of Purpose you know, kind of changed his life, and he felt so connected to my, my father ever since. You know, he was a young uh, teenager or a young adult or, 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 you know, whatever point it was in his life. And he just felt so drawn to reach out to the family and just, you know, wanted to, I guess, just connect, right? So we connected, we uh, kind of met up, and we were just, you know, we met up for lunch, met up for a few dinners or whatever, just kind of, you know, just kind of having discussions. And at some point, the conversation came up about, you know, this type of situations with trust and stuff. And I would tell him, you know, my dad's response to me. And I would be like, man, I just I just couldn't understand that. Because I think we were talking about, you know, one of the things that I learned from him or that I observed from him, you know, over the years. And for me, you know, his way of trusting people or his way of ignoring the bad and focusing on the good, you know, was always a good trait. Something that I wanted to bring on as, uh, bring into my 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 uh, my way of living, and I remember Derek told me, um, you know, he re- reminded me of the Bible verse, and my dad told me this Bible verse a few times as well, but I never really understood it until this moment. And the verse says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And you know, Derek just went on to explain, like, you know, your dad had no care or concern of putting his trust in man or putting his trust in human beings like his trust was in god so the focus went up right not not forward or not out you know all of his attention and his focus and his desires went up and the individuals that you know would come around whether it was for friendships or for business partnerships or for spiritual mentoring or whatever it was my dad really didn't care of what their motives were he wanted to be a light to them and he looked past their uh, shortcomings because he knew that as long as he put his focus up towards, you know, his his father, uh, his path would be would be guided. Everything would be taken care of, and that that really changed my perspective on the way that I I dealt with people from that from that point on. You know, I didn't. I I think when it comes to trust issues. You know, no man is perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. All of us are dealing with uh, imperf- imperfection, right? And so there are, there are a lot of shortcomings and all the shortfalls that we're going to experience or we're going to come to in life. And I think 
that for that reason we shouldn't put our trust in individuals and that's not saying that we shouldn't trust people right that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is we should trust that god is going to guide our steps is he's going to order our steps and that's in anything right in in friendships in relationships uh in our in our spiritual walk uh, in our professional careers you know that that's why you know everything that we do we should really look to god to be um uh, a, a punching board, right? Uh, a punching bag to bounce ideas off of for him to say, you know, yes, I think this is good or to give us signs as to the, the decisions that we should make and whatever the case, you know, whatever decisions we have, whatever we're doing on earth, whatever it is that we feel like we're dealing with on earth, we should take to him and, and do it so that he can guide us in those many situations and just know that and have faith that, you know, the th- things work out according to his will. So whether it be good or bad, or whether we view them as good or bad, because it's all relative, it, it's working out for our good at the end of the day. And, you know, that's, I know that's, that may be difficult for us to do, you know, like just at the snap of, of a finger. But for me, um, you know, like I say, it's something that I've been working on, or I've been observing uh, from my dad for quite some time. And then, you know, become having that revelation in that conversation with uh, with Derek and then kind of living, living that over the past, you know, six years. I've now gained a better control over the way that I respond to individuals or the way that I trust individuals. Like I'm it's not I'm, I'm not focusing on on them. I'm not focusing on the the human that's in, in front of me. You know, I'm focusing on God's guidance and his guiding me through these many situations and through these many relationships. Um, you know, you put your trust in man, you're, you're going to be disappointed. So putting our trust in, in, our, in our father, our heavenly father, I think it, it does wonders for us as individuals. It does wonders for um, those that are around us who are observing us. Because, you know, like I said, the way that my dad responded um, because I observed that it had an effect on me. So even though I may not have understood it at the time, like right now, especially now, when I deal with situations, I'm able to think back and be like, all right, I know my expectation shouldn't be for this person to to fail or for this person to succeed. My expectations should be as low as possible because my trust is in God and, and, and in knowing that you know, whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever decisions I make, whoever I decide to, you know, go into partnership with or go into friendship with, as long as I bring it to you, you're going to guide me through those situations. So I'm not going to, you know, focus too much on the the outcome or the circum the the circumstances that are at hand. I'm just going to give it all to him, and I'm going to worry. But I'm not going to worry about it. And, you know, just allow whatever happens to happen. And that's kind of how I live now. And I, and I think that's a great way to uh, not be stressed, right? And not be worried or to lose sleep over a lot of situations or a lot of relationships. You know, I think as individuals, we all grow differently. We all experience different times in our lives where we have to pull on you know, our strengths, we have to try and pull on or not be able to do things because of our weaknesses. And it's just who we are as individuals. You know, like I say, all of us are imperfect beings, um, striving to be perfect, but 
always falling short of perfection. Um, and I think as long as we have that mentality of uh, knowing that our trust shouldn't be in man, but should 100% be in our spiritual father, um, I think it'll, do, it'll, it'll give us a whole lot more uh, focus, a whole lot more peace you know, when dealing with situations because we understand it is not in our control. Um, and, you know, like I say, our, our trust is in God, man. And as long as we bring it all to him, we have faith and and knowing in knowing that he will direct our path and he doesn't want harm to come to us. And, you know, whatever happens to us happens for a reason. And, and at the end of the day, uh, it's all being done for his honor and his glory. Yep. So that's what I wanted to share with you today, you know, just in dealing with trust issues, because I know this is something that we deal with a lot as individuals, as young adults, especially, right? There's, you know, friendships, relationships that we go through that are hard to deal with just because of the individuals involved or the, the emotions that we have involved, the time that is there. So when we're disappointed, we start to lose trust in in man, right? And, and we start to become pessimistic or not not everyone right but a lot of us do i know i did started to become very pessimistic about you know a lot of situations and a lot of relationships and it wasn't until like i said i dealt with this situation that i started to realize i can't put i can't put that on another human being i can't put that on another human being to be perfect or to be the perfection that i see in my in my mind or in my in my heart where i can't even be that right because i'm not going to 100% of the time be honest or 100% of the time be this be this Jesus like individual right because we're all we're all imperfect beings man so you know just understanding that truth and knowing that you know at the end of the day God God has me God God got me you know I I I I uh I lay my foundation on that or I lay that as my foundation and I think as long as I build on that um you know, everything else to be taken care of, man, because it's not on me. It's really on his guidance. All right. So, again, I wanted to uh, just kind of say that, just kind of do um, this episode on just talking about things that I deal with as an individual, deal with as a, a young adult, a young professional, um, a guy who just really wanted to extend my um, experiences and try to help you guys who are dealing with guys and girls, or men and women, who are dealing with uh, similar, similar situations. Because I know that, you know, I've, I've learned over the years that, you know, we, the things that we experience, we, we're not experiencing them all by ourselves, right? I'm not the only one that, are gonna, that, that is going to experience the thing that I experience. If I'm experiencing it, there's a chance that there's a, a large percentage of the population of this world that is experiencing the same thing. And that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing with this podcast, because I, I don't want to be able to get over or to really understand situations that I go through and come out good on the other end and not share that experience or not, or not share those steps that you can take to maybe come out on the other side yourself. Um, so, yeah, man, I hope that this has helped someone out there in dealing with trust issues. I know it's a big thing, um, especially with this new generation and the way that we're so intact, uh, we're so tapped into our emotions, right? And everything happens from an emotional state of being right now. And I think the more we can understand how to deal with those emotions and the different things that we experience and feel, 
the better it is we'll be able to relate to others, um, especially when it comes to relationship and, and trust. All right. So now for this segment, um, I wanted to get into one of my favorite parts of the show. You know what that sounds mean? That sound means that we're now getting into the milestone segment of the Miles High podcast. And really with the milestone segment, it's just a thought, um, a word, something that I want to share um, just to leave with you, uh, you know, just to help you along your day. And, you know, in dealing with, uh, you know, this, the subject of, of trust issues, it's, it's considered a weak area that we experience, right? And I just wanted to go read this thing that I kind of penned a few years back, um, and I felt like it helped me in, in those uh, types of situations, and maybe it could help you. So for this week's, for this episode's uh, milestone, uh, I want to say this. So your weak area may be something you struggle with throughout your entire life. For example, I'm an introvert, and I was very, and I was a very shy person when I was much younger. I consider that a major weakness for me because I did not really socialize well. I didn't converse well in public, uh, in public settings amongst people who I did not know, and I always felt intimidated speaking in front of a crowd. For you, your weakness may be disorganization, trust, uh, not being able to trust, laziness, procrastination, impatience, etc. I'm sure there are many more, but those are just some examples for you to understand that I, what I want to share with you on this particular topic. So how do you do, how do you work on your weaknesses? And here are six tips that I'd like to give just to show you how to maybe work on some of the weaknesses that all of us have, all of us may experience as individuals. The first is to recognize and accept your weaknesses. So we shouldn't deny them. We should say them out loud. Like I am weak in this area. I have this issue. I need help with these things as a part of my life. Number two, maximize the positive sides of your weakness. So I knew that even though I was maybe not able to trust, I knew that I loved to meet new people and I loved to, uh, you know, work in a collaborative effort. So, you know, I know that's kind of counterproductive in a sense um but for me i knew i knew because of my love for people and meeting new people especially as a family you know our family really cared for and about people um i knew that was a positive aspect even though i may not trust you i'm not it's not going to stop me from starting a relationship or building trying to build a relationship right even though i may be uh, pessimistic in the beginning i knew that that wouldn't hinder me from you know wanting to start a new friendship or a business partnership or whatever the case. So that was a positive thing that I would take out of even the, the weak uh, spots or moments that I had. The third is be confident, you know, try to be as confident as you can, even within your weakness, try to look for those things that allows you to hold on to the positive side of things. Uh, number four, practicing, practice using tools that are available to you. And that's just like, you know, reading about your weaknesses, finding resources that may, you may be able to help yourself out with, right? So whether that's talking to a, a therapist, talking to a spiritual advisor, you know, reading or finding a book or an article on the things that you deal with, just to try and gain, gain some knowledge and understanding on what it is you're dealing with and maybe how you can overcome that. 
Uh, the fifth is surround yourself with individuals who are stronger in your area of weakness. And that's the most important. I, I feel that the, the, the more we can observe others dealing with the things that we deal with, but they're doing it from a, from a position of strength, it teaches us how to be strong in those situations. It's, it's, it's what I did with my dad. So, you know, a lot of the things that I, was, I wasn't strong on, like public speaking, uh, being able to trust persons, I, I was very weak in those areas. Being around him taught me how to, you know, gain some confidence, to gain some understanding and knowledge about my weakness and, how, and, and about how to overcome them. So I think that's a very important point. You know, surround yourself with individuals who are stronger in your area of weakness. And then number six, look for ways to serve others with the same problems. So once you, which is what I'm doing now, and this, this is, I feel like this is a great milestone for this episode because I've learned to deal with a situation that I had issues with, I had problems with. I've learned how to overcome it. Uh, maybe not 100%, but better than I was for sure, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So being able to share that information with you in hopes that you'll be able to do the same and hopefully you're able to overcome your weaknesses and the things that you fall short on, and then you share those uh, experiences and triumphs with others, and then it's just a continuous cycle, right? So again, I, I think this is a has been a, a great a great podcast for me um, for the mere fact that you know again this is something that I feel a lot of us deal with as individuals, um, and we all can use a little a little help in the area of trusting and dealing with our trust issues. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks again for joining. Uh, remember to subscribe to the Miles High podcast. Uh, check out my YouTube page, uh, Miles from Rogue Jr. Hope to see you guys on the next episode of the Miles High podcast. Peace.